Uh, let's welcome Tim Hodges. As we prepare to welcome Tim, it was a familiar winner at the Miami Grand Prix. Verstappen wins the Miami Grand Prix with a masterclass of performance. Ninth on the grid to the top step of the podium. Yeah, good drive today, Max. So made it harder for ourselves, but um, we'll have a look at what we could have done better yesterday. But today was a very good drive. Well I call that simply lovely. That was a good race. Race uh, all round. So uh, thank you very much. That was really, really good. It's a good for the team again. Well, it was a good race. He started from a fair way back, as we heard there from Crofty calling the race, uh, courtesy of Sky Sports. Uh, that audio, Formula One in Miami, certainly one for the A-list. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, from a spectator point of view, Tim Hodges is with us. He's one of our A-listers, and he joins us on the show this morning. Hello, Tim. Uh, g'day, Jacob. G'day, Wayne. It was, um, I think it's more interesting seeing the celebrities <laughs> at the Miami Grand Prix rather than the race itself. It was. Um, it is just a it's a one-horse race at the moment, and um, that Red Bull team is so completely dominant to the rest of the field that it's not funny. And uh, Max Verstappen yeah, started ninth and worked his way and you know effortlessly won this morning's race um, and, and put his teammate to the sword as well. So, yeah, he is in a class above. Well, the interest, Tim, was actually when those two were going head-to-head with only a couple of laps to go, and Verstappen ended up overtaking... Perez, but that was probably the most exciting point of the race, wasn't it, uh, towards the back end? Uh, I mean, it was um, it, it's just a and I hate to say this, but it was just a non-event earlier that you just knew what was going to happen that the Red Bulls are so much better than the rest of the field that it's, um, that's, it's, it's painful actually so, yeah, and it's frustrating and, you know, I'm just a bloke who likes watching the sport on the other side of the world like, imagine working in one of those other teams thinking oh this is uh so bleak um and you know it's a problem for the sport but there was a great moment i mean this is where great formula one rivalries have been born where teammates um clash but at the moment max verstappen is even so much better than his teammate sergio perez who admittedly has won two grand prix this year um but verstappen passed him quite easily in the end and he had fresher tires he pitted much later than the rest of the field. So you knew with the fresh rubber, he was always going to be able to get past his teammate towards the end of the race. And that's exactly how it did play out. Um, so despite his qualifying being poor, Verstappen, um, he was able to drive through the field and, um, you know, win his third race of the year. Um, he continues to lead the championship. And I don't think anyone's getting within, within any, you know, the only bloke who will get close to him is his teammate, but Max and well on his way to a, a third straight world championship. And Tim, with all the, the rule changes at times and the restrictions, that how can a, a, a one group be so far in front? Is it just they got more money, or you know, how can they bring them back? They just have the best people. I, I that mean, it? that's all okay. I can put it down to. Yeah. Because they, there are salary caps for these teams now that you can't just go out and spend you know, $500 million a year, which is what the old teams did back yeah. in the, the 80s and 90s when there was cigarette sponsorship and, you know, endless pools of money. So you just have to get smarter, and Red Bull has the smartest people, and that's from the, the very biggest boss of all, Christian Horner. They're obviously backed by Red Bull money, so money's not an issue. Um, Adrian New is the best designer of race cars probably there's ever been in, in Formula One, and he's designed a rocket ship. And they... They are doing a, you know, an unbelievable job. But equally, I think, and I think this is probably more the point that every other team in the sport is not doing a good job. 
um, you know, the Mercedes really were, were nowhere. And, and Lewis Hamilton is not having a good run at all and finished down in six and beaten again by his teammate George Russell. The Ferraris, again, um, a really frustrating weekend. And, you know, then it's up to Aston Martin, which is sort of the next best. And we've talked about this throughout this season, that they are sort of the next best team behind Red Bull. And they've been criticised this year because they went and designed a car that looked dramatically like last year's Red Bull. And they've jumped up the field. So, you know, um, that's where we're at at the moment. So I think the, the sport really needs a rocket up the likes of... Um, I mean, obviously Ferrari, obviously Mercedes. I mean, we'll get to McLaren, no doubt, as well with Oscar Piastri. Mm. But these teams have to improve to take the fight to Red Bull because at the moment they are streets ahead of the rest of the competition. And remember, this year is the the most Grand Prix races in any championship year we've ever had. So you're going to have these guys running around every two weeks until... December, and if the same team is winning every single race, which it looks like it will, I can't see any other team beating Red Bull unless there is, I mean, unless there is a clash between Perez and Verstappen and they take each other out, I can't see a time where a Red Bull won't not be winning a race this year, which is pretty depressing for the sport, which is such a shame. And we've spoken about this before, guys, that Grand Prix racing is riding this ridiculous wave. It's never been more popular around the world, and you only have to see at the Miami Grand Prix. It's been sold out for months. The ticket prices were astronomical. It seemed like every celebrity in America was there this weekend. It felt like every single NFL player was there on their off-season. Um, so it's never been more popular, never been a bigger demand to watch it. And unfortunately, the, the product is um, it's just one-way traffic at the moment, which, you know, can the sport... Can the sport survive the, and the, continue to have this rise in popularity when it's the on-track product is not particularly that great? I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see over the next few years, seasons. Why has McLaren gone as backward as they've gone? You know, because they were fairly confident leading into it and it just seemed to, yeah, um, it's gone bad. Well, when Daniel Ricciardo went to that team three seasons ago, they were mid-pack, and he was going to be, you know, one of the saviors to join Lando Norris and take them to the front of the field. They've since, you know, gone and sacked Daniel a couple of years into his very lucrative contract and paying out, um, paying him out this year to not drive for the team. And they are now. I mean, this is uh, this is unbelievable. They're the worst team in the in the sport right now, McLaren, and behind even the likes of Williams, who are you know, barely on the pace. So, um, you know, they were nowhere this weekend in Miami, uh, in, and that's in, in all three practice sessions, in qualifying, and then the race itself. I mean, for Oscar Piastri to start P18, finish P19, it was horrible. Um, Lando Norris, his highly credentialed teammate, was P17 as well. You know, Piastri was a, a lap down. It, it's embarrassing for McLaren at the moment. So... This, this is a powerhouse team that, you know, when I was growing up, they were the dominant force in this sport. Um, right now, they're... I mean, honestly, they're, they're a laughing stock. So it's a horrible time for Oscar Piastri, who had to go through a lot of mess to get to this team. And it was pretty ugly that he had to try and get out of his Alpine contract. And um, it hurt, I think, Piastri and his manager, Mark Webber. And then you, have, you honestly sit back now and question why they would have been so persistent to get to McLaren when they are they're a million miles. I mean, we talk about Ferrari and Mercedes and these guys being off the pace. McLaren is a million miles off the pace, and this is not something they can sort this season. 
I would think they'll already have to be looking ahead to 2024 and starting to design a better car because this has been complete rubbish what they've dished up this year. And you feel for the young Melbourne boy who finally gets his big break in Formula One. And, and apart from a, a decent weekend at home in Melbourne at Albert Park when you know all the guys in front of him were crashing into each other and he was able to score his first points, you know the rest of this season, his rookie season has been a... I mean, honestly, it's been an embarrassment. He, he, he's better than driving around and finishing second last out there this morning. Tim Hodges is with us, motorsport expert. Uh, a pretty predictable uh, Miami Grand Prix in the early hours of this morning. Uh, we get IndyCar next week, and then the week after we've got another Grand Prix, the Amola Grand Prix, to look forward to. Um, so at least we've got some motorsport in this month. There is plenty of motorsport to get uh, behind, Tim. Of the year, uh, it culminates at the end of the month with um, uh, the Indianapolis 500, the Monaco Grand Prix. Um, but for Formula One, you know they've been on the road for a hell of a long time now. They've gone back to back weeks um, at Baku last week, uh, Miami. Um, they've had street races all over the place, you know, back to Albert Park and then Saudi Arabia before that. So the entire sport heads back to Europe now. Uh, Imola in a couple of weeks, and, and then they get on their bike and run a heap of races yeah, back in Europe. So. Um, for a lot of those teams who have been on the road for a hell of a long time, they get back home, see their families, get back into the, the workshop and the headquarters, and, and um, you see a lot of changes to cars. Uh, honestly, if I was at McLaren, I'd be just about chucking everything out of this year's car and, I don't know, trying something. Trying something. What do you, what do you drive these days, Jacob? Just just go and get one of your Hyundai XL <laughs> pieces and put that on the thing just to see if that makes it quicker. But, um, yeah, a huge few weeks come up in, in motorsport and, Certainly at the end of this month is when uh, it's just about the best weekend uh, of all in motorsport land when the, the Indy 500 and Monaco is on the same weekend. Hey, Tim, what would you have paid for a ticket Australian dollars to that Formula One Grand Prix in Miami, do you reckon? Uh, it's basically name a price. Um, and it's um, it was sold out for, for months. So, you know, you, you could basically, you know, in America, you can... You can get to go anywhere. You just have to pay for it. So you only had to look at the celebrities. Um, you know, Tom Cruise was down there changing, changing wheels on the Mercedes early in the um, early on in the Sunday. So like they were doing photo shoots all over the place. LL Cool J was was welcoming the drivers before the, the national anthem. Um, Elon Musk was there. You know, rock stars were there. All the tennis players were there. It seemed honestly all the NFL and NBA players were there. So it was awesome. And then it's only going to be bigger in November this year when. Um, the sport returns and, and they have a, the very first Las Vegas race, which will be even more expensive than this Miami one. So, yeah, look, Formula One is booming, especially in America, where, you know, it's now is, it's rivaling, it's past IndyCar, it's rivaling NASCAR with, with popularity over there. They have three events now in America with Miami sold out, Texas, and then Las Vegas at the end of this year for the first time. So they're doing great things. Um, it's just a mildly query is just how bad the actual on-track product is and how really uncompetitive it is because you know Americans love to be entertained and that really wasn't a great entertainment product to, this morning. Yeah, you make a very fair point. Tim, what's the lead for AFL 360 tonight? Such a big week last week with Tasmania getting the 19th <laughs> licence, Andrew Dillon now the man in charge at the end of this AFL men's season. What's the big lead today? I'm not sure we'll get a bigger news week than last week. It was something when you get a new new chief of the game and a new team entering the, the game. Um, I think it's still Carlton is probably the biggest talking point. I, I think Sydney as well, but they're they're um, they're on the ropes as well. The Swans who have gone from the grand final last year and now they're chasing their tail just to make finals. 
Um, we actually have your coach, Justin Longmuir, is joining us tonight on Coaches Night with Adam Kingsley. So that will be um, that will be great to hear him. You know what an important win they just had to get the four points Saturday night, didn't they, the Dockers? But finally, the WA club gets four points and gets to sing the song, which I think is probably probably a means for celebration over your way, right? Well, we need something to cheer about over here. It's rather miserable <laughs> picking up the paper each morning, Tim. So JL will be a good listen, a good watch tonight on AFL 360. Thanks as always for picking up the phone first thing on a Monday.